0: You are now tuned in to the addictedtosuccess.com Success.com podcast,
1: where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success Podcast. I am here today with the incredible Adam Braun, who we've had here before on the podcast. He is the founder of Pencils of Promise and the best-selling author of Promise of a Pencil. And you know, last time we we connected Adam, uh, it ended up turning into uh, us raising money for a school which we built out in Laos uh, with Pencils of Promise. And uh, And you're just up to so many amazing things in the world. And I'm really excited you to share what you're up to next so welcome thank to the you. addicted to success podcast always always a pleasure always a pleasure for sure thank you brother yeah so what are you up to mate you've got this new mission you what's happening man what's going down
1: yeah so um you know i think by the time that that we uh we release this uh everything will be fully revealed and so anyone can go to the mission you just letter U. so mission website and actually learn you know the the kind of full story and and really what we've been building now for a couple of years but you know, the, the backstory for this is, um, as you, you know, are so familiar with Joel, I've spent most of the last decade of my life focused on uh, education for children in, in rural poverty across the developing world. And, you know, as I spent, you know, the last 10 years or so focused on that 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 goal, that ambition, that, that uh, service, um, one thing really uh, troubled me, and it was that uh, people kept on asking me how come I wasn't working on the problems here at home uh, in the States. And I didn't have a great answer, but I also wasn't as, as kind of personally motivated by it because I had had a pretty good educational experience uh, myself. But I met my wife about uh, five or six years ago, and, uh, you know, she was somebody who grew up without, you know, real financial means and really bought into this, this belief that we sell so many young people on, which is that college is the path out of that situation and that it's really the great equalizer in our society and that, you know, if you go to college, you're, of course, going to get a better job and a, and a better life ahead. And that's just not the case anymore. And so you know, she went to college for about two and a half years. Uh, in those two and a half years, she, she ended up uh, under so much student debt um, that she had to leave school to start working and paying it back. And so by the time I met her, she had about $110,000 of student debt and no bachelor's degree. And uh, you know, she informed me that student debt is the only debt in the United States that can't be discharged through bankruptcy. And so it's with you for life. And, you know, it was really uh, in my mind once I learned that and I started to look at the statistics behind college and the impact that it that it has on people. You know, it just led me to the belief that that we have a fundamentally broken college system uh, here in the States. And, you know, I really wanted to do something about it. And so I spent a couple of years now just really diving deep into this space, trying to figure out what the right solution was for, you know, a certain type of student. You know, it's not for every student, but Turns out there's a lot of students out there who view higher education as their pathway to a career. They really view it as, as kind of a career launch for them. And so that's who Mission U aims to serve. And, and we uh, are building a one-year college alternative for the 21st century. Uh, and the aim is really to prepare young people for the jobs of today and tomorrow completely debt-free.
0: Wow, that's truly amazing, man. What areas are you focusing on when it comes to uh, like industry and topic?
1: Yeah, subject, yeah, great question. Sure. I mean, you know, I, I think it's important for us to, you know, both prepare people for a very clear, specialized discipline, because that's, you know, really important to have these, you know, kind of skills focused um, backgrounds that help you land your first job. But it's also our responsibility to, you know, be the formative educational experience that gets them their, you know, second or third, their fourth or fifth job, you know, really, and lays the foundation for a career. So, you know, at launch, we have one, what we call concentration. It's almost like a major, if you think about it like that. Um, and our, the, the almost major of the, the program at launch is data analytics and business intelligence. Um, but the year is structured in a way where the first uh, quarter is uh, what we call foundation. And we really deeply train you on uh, eight core hard skills. And these are the things that I learned at Bain & Company, you know, the, the number one rated training program in the world. Um for uh, people fresh out of undergrad. And these are things like um, business writing, public speaking, Excel modeling, keynote and PowerPoint, um, presentation, storytelling, um, project management, requirement gathering, uh, just kind of the foundation of almost any job. And then our second quarter is really heavily oriented around soft skills and uh, what we call essential knowledge, things that we think every young person should know, like how do you balance a checkbook and uh, how do you pay your taxes? Uh, the third quarter is that specialization, which I mentioned at launches data analytics and business intelligence. And then the fourth quarter is, is basically like an internship. Um, but uh, it's, it's a little bit more, uh, we think, kind of, you know, effective version of internship where uh, you're in a cohort of 25 students. When you enter Mission U uh, in the fourth quarter, you're broken up into small teams and you work as real agencies with real world clients. So you're working on nonprofits and, and high impact businesses Um, Building a public portfolio of work that demonstrates that, you know, you know how to do the thing that you're asking a company to hire you for. And then we don't think graduation should happen at the very end of the year. And then, you know, career services be like an afterthought. Uh, We think it needs to be really deeply integrated. So our graduation is actually six weeks before you complete the program. And then we spend six weeks in what we call career launch. And that's where we support you from everything through interview preparation uh, all the way through to salary negotiation once you've gotten your job offers
0: wow that's loaded man I don't understand why a lot of universities don't do that I think that this is really innovative
1: and well this well, awesome, has also been pressured to do so is, is the real answer i mean the the way the system's set up is that you know you as uh, you know, eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one twenty two twenty three year old are basically given access to what you think of as free money because at least you know here in the states i mean the you know, student debt or student loans are something that almost anybody can get, you know, regardless of your, your credit, your background. And yeah. the point of that is so that every person can get, get access to higher education. But what it's led to is, is there's no um, market force in place on colleges that either rewards or, or disincentivizes them from um, the outcomes of their students. So, you know, even if a college, you know, fails more than half of its students in, in that ambition of helping them get a better job, they've still gotten that money because the government is, is providing those loans. And so you know you have a, a system that um, initially had really great intentions and I think every almost every person that works in the system individually has great intentions from you know, so many of the college professors and administrators that I spent time with. But we've now moved to a place where the costs have just skyrocketed out of control um, and the actual curriculum itself is, is kind of still rooted in this idea that um you know the liberal arts is the best form of education and while it's great um it's so expensive that that uh, you know for certain students i think they're going to realize that they need a more skills-based and career-oriented education and, and with mission U, we really hope to bring that to the table and and really challenge the industry to um, meet those needs of the learners
0: yeah i love this man it's it's uh, disrupting the industry and really uh really challenging them yeah. You know, I, I think the thing is as well that like a lot of people that I coach right? that I get in my, you know, my masterminds, and I do my one-on-ones with, they're currently in college debt and they have this mindset where they feel trapped because they're trapped financially and they feel like they've just done all these years in college. Now they've got years to have to pay this back. And I think that education should be this feeling of freedom. Yeah. You should feel like you're feeling even more free by educating yourself, not feeling even more trapped.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you know, the, the dream, the, the kind of promise of education is that it increases opportunities rather than takes them away. But when I look at what happened to my wife and then you actually do the research and you see it's happening to millions and millions of young people, you know, really certainly here in this country, but, but around the globe. Um, you realize that that that's not the case. Um, that it's actually hurting a lot more people than it's helping, in my opinion. And that might be controversial. It might not be something that every single person agrees with. Um, but I, I feel like having seen what my wife went through, and you know, now traveled around the country um, initially because of you know my book was was used by a lot of colleges as the common read. And so I'd go and I'd speak in these colleges, and I'd you know ask the students or. And every time I get in a car, whether it's like an Uber or a Lyft, you know, I ask the person their, their story. I just, I've always been fascinated by human story. And, you know, what I consistently hear is that, you know, someone took out loans to try and better themselves. And now, you know, they can't buy the house of their dreams. They can't take entrepreneurial risk because their student debt is, is over their shoulders. And it's so crushing and they don't ever foresee a way of getting out of it. And the one thing that was supposed to really be the great equalizer in our society is now creating an even greater divide between really the haves and have nots. And, you know, at, at, uh, at Mission U, I mean, if you get into our program, there's no tuition at all. Uh, we commit to investing in you for a full year. And uh, at the end of that year, uh, if and only if you end up uh, with a job that pays you $50,000 or more, then you commit to 15% of your income back to our program for three years. And that's the way that we can support future students. But it's the only way I've really seen where we can completely align our success with the success of our students um, and put a system in place where we're ultimately held accountable to the outcomes that we're able to co-create with the students that, that get into the program that we're able to invest in. Yeah, this is genius,
0: man. This is absolutely genius. I love that when you were sharing just then, you said that you had noticed that there was a problem. Right, mm-hmm. and then you went around and you were asking your everyday person that was, you know, in this situation, what their experience was, and you loved the human story. You also did the same thing with Pencils of Promise, mm-hmm. right? You, you yeah. talked to the little, the little children that were, you know, living in poverty to find out what they wanted, and that's that really stemmed the inspiration. And then, uh, you know, you took the action on Pencils of Promise. So, for anyone listening right now, I think this really, you could really take a leaf out of Adam's book. Literally, you could take it out of his book, Pencils of, Promise, but, uh, sorry, Promise of a Pencil, but also just really look at like, how he's performed as an entrepreneur. It's about being a great observer. I think a lot of people aren't good observers. They're poor observers. They're sitting around and letting life happen to them and they're looking at the wrong things. They're getting distracted. But if you sit back and really look at what's going on, I think, what do you think, Adam? Do you think, you think an entrepreneur is someone that really looks for a problem and solves that problem?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's part of the core DNA of any entrepreneur is that you, you love solving really, really difficult challenges that others either aren't willing to take on or don't believe can be solved. <laughs> and usually mm-hmm. it's kind of a combination of the two. I think the other thing is, you know, there's certain entrepreneurs who, um, you know, they kind of look for, you know, a market opportunity, right? Like they do the, the diligence and the research and they say, like, where is there an opportunity for me to build a great business and, and earn some capital? And then there's another type of entrepreneur that looks for a real pain point in their life or, you know, their personal experience or, you know, the lives of those around them. And then once they, they experience that pain point or they identify it, um, they, they can't get it out of their head and they, they kind of want to, you know, right that wrong or, or correct that, that fissure that they've identified in someone else's life or their own that is deeply personal for them. And the more they start to think about it, the more they realize, you know, some, I'm not the only one with this problem or my family member or, you know, my best friend, they're not the only one who's gone through this. It turns out there's many, many others. And that's when they kind of find their way into this market opportunity. And from, you know, what I've seen in a lot of friends who have built incredible companies and organizations, you know, the the, the latter approach usually yields um, the type of, I, I think, kind of grit and resilience and determination that you need to ultimately, you know, build a, a successful company or organization, it can't just be, you know, like an intellectual pursuit of, oh, I found this kind of space in the market where I can make some money or make an impact. I, I find it has to be deeply, you know, personal. It's like, it's got to keep you up at night that this thing exists in the world. And, you know, you have to be driven, I think, by this sense of purpose that it's almost like you're calling to, to make a dent in that space. And, and that's certainly how I feel about Mission U. And it's how, you know, a lot of the people that I've seen create incredible impact both on the nonprofit and the for-profit side, um, be driven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It can't just be logical. It has to be like emotionally driven as well. It has to have some depth to it. And uh, there's this saying like, find a why that makes you cry. Mm. Right? That's a thing. i never heard that. Really I like huge. that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. And you know what I love about this too, Adam? And I see you doing it. You're doing it right now. Uh, there are a lot of uh, like social entrepreneurs, conscious entrepreneurship coming out now, whatever you want to call it, right? And it's it's becoming a thing where people are talking a lot about purpose. They're Like, what's my purpose? People are actually really searching now instead of going, oh, we'll just wait for it to come to me. They're out there actively experimenting, trying things, volunteering, doing the research, connecting with groups and seeing where the problems are and, and going out and, and, and moving the needle, right? What I love as well is that when that happens, it also raises the bar. It raises the standard of what it means to be an entrepreneur that really, truly wants to impact the world. And I just think it's, it's amazing to see because it's compounding and it's becoming like now people are really, really moving the needle Yeah. because the standards are being set. So I just love what you've done with Mission U. I, I really believe it's going to shake things up And uh, yeah, anybody that's interested, even if you're listening to this right now and you have a friend that you know, that's going into this, that they're ready for, you know, the next level in their uh, education, refer them to this podcast, refer them to Mission New, even if they go to the the Instagram or the website or wherever it is and check it out and see, see if it's for for you, see if it's for your friends or your family. Yeah, I mean, uh, one one, one thing
1: I learned, you know, with Pencils of Promise was um, you need to give kind of power to the people. Um, and enable them to kind of identify your next opportunity. And, you know, to your point, I mean, you know, some people are going to learn about this and say, shoot, you know, I I wish I could have done that. But they can pay it forward by, you know, if they have a sibling that this is a good fit for, or, you know, someone that they know, that's currently in college and totally disenchanted. And and one thing that we wanted to do was, you know, create a way to, to, you know, essentially make every single person be a part of, you know, our, our kind of admissions counselor opportunity. So, you know, if, if anybody wants to, I mean, they can go to the MissionU.com website. And one thing that you'll see at the very top is there's an opportunity to refer somebody. And if you refer a student that we end up um, taking on to the program, we'll not only uh, give you 500 bucks just as a thank you, but we'll also give them a $500 scholarship, almost a credit towards um, that income uh, share piece on, on the back end so that, you know, they have um, kind of a leg up thanks to, to your referral.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That's an amazing model. And so guys, so that's mission and then you as in like university mission and then the... the Just the letter U, all, all one dot word, dot ucom Love it. Love it. Uh, Adam, what do you believe is your superpower? Like what's that thing that, that a lot of people say, oh, you know, you're great at this or that you know for sure about yourself that really helps you to stand apart as an entrepreneur? That's
1: a great question. Um, you know, I think I think if I had to point to one thing, it's probably uh, that there's an ability for me to um, convince myself <laughs> that um, <laughs> that there's something that others just don't believe is possible, um, and I can convince myself that that others will join me in that effort. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't ever think about the notion of like, oh, by myself, I'm going to go create this thing in the world. Uh, what I'm able to convince myself is that, you know, something if I start, and I'm able to to kind of shine a light, you know, down a, a dark tunnel, that others will walk that path with me. Uh, and and I wow. think a lot of people don't think about it in that context. They think about how can I break through. You know some some wall by myself and and for me it's kind of that combination of if if I'm able to shine a light into a dark space and and kind of give confidence to others that that it's okay to walk in in that direction and that you know there there's kind of a better path um ahead, but it happens to be in this space that's daunting and and I'm able to confidently you know kind of shine a light on it that that I can bring others along for that journey and that collectively you know we can do something that that others never really thought could be possible. I mean, the ambition to build a college alternative. I mean, you're really talking about, you know, basically building a college from scratch, but doing it, you know, without the rules of, of traditional college in place. And that's a crazy huge undertaking, but, um, you know, I, I believe it can be done now. I believe that I do I believe it can be done? I think it has to be done for the well-being being of, of, you know, the future of our society and generations ahead. Uh, and what I've found now in the last, you know, probably two years of working on this, is that there's a lot of people who really deeply believe in this and, and, and are going to join what we're creating. Wow. Yeah.
0: You know, thanks for sharing that. That's, that's powerful. When I think of you just as some feedback, man, is like I, the, the word that comes to mind is visionary leader.
1: Oh, thank you. you know, and, <laughs>
0: and it's not like a, it's not just like visionary thinker. It's a leader because it, it's, you've got the balls to go first, right. <laughs> and, and to do the hefty thing. So you should definitely be proud of that, man
1: thank you that's that's very kind of you to say I mean you know one one friend of mine that I, I worked with for a long time I think he he said something to me that um, really stood out you know he said adam there's there's, there's you know, a boss and a leader, and I had never really seen it in that um, kind of context, but I, I've never been very good at being a boss. I don't like instructing people what to do i don't I don't like kind of telling them that they've done a bad job at, at a certain set of responsibilities but you know, what I really do believe in is, is kind of holding up a, a higher ideal that a set of individuals can achieve collectively and then working my ass off um, personally on my side and, and demonstrating the work ethic necessary to get there and then just holding other people accountable to the best version of themselves. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's what makes you the,
0: the leader that you are. It's incredible, man. Well done. So, Adam, I want to ask you this. Uh, if you're willing to go deep on this or it's it's more more personal I guess it's more about your thought process around this if you don't mind me asking sure. but um, that's uh, why You know, I have a I have a conversation with a lot of people that are in the space of contribution uh, that have done really well with their business and then I also Conversate with people that are just starting out and there's a lot of limiting beliefs that are in play that you're having to go through and to stack it with empowering beliefs and creating new reference points through your experiences and so on. Right. And so one of the things that I get asked quite often by people that are just starting out with limiting beliefs is, uh, they ask like, well, I want to impact the world. I want to be able to do this and that, but like, I don't have the money. Right. Mm -hmm. Or they're like, I need to look after myself first. And some of these things are like totally common sense. It's like, yes, you need to look after yourself first before you can serve, you can volunteer your time and so on. What, what has been your, uh, state of mind or thought processes around money, because you've, you're building these pretty epic, very epic businesses uh, that are based around contribution, but at the same time, like you're not, you're not listed as a guy that's making hundreds of millions of dollars, even though your company is having just as much reach or even more impact than some of these big companies that are. So what's your thoughts around money? That's a great question. You know,
1: I, 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 I've talked about this on a lot of stages and so I'm, I'm totally comfortable um, discussing this with, you know, Okay. with you or anybody else that wants to listen. I mean, my, my perspective is there's three forms of, of currency in life. There's, there's money, there's meaning, and there's mastery. Those are the three forms of currency. Um, you know, money is going to pad your bank account. It's going to enable you to make, you know, certain life decisions that can bring you tremendous joy and, most importantly, freedom. Um, over time, the intrinsic rewards are diminishing, uh, the more, you know, kind of money that you spend on stuff. But it, it can, you know, give you freedom that you certainly cannot achieve um, unless you have a certain baseline of, of cash in your life. But but that's one. You know, second is meaning like the ability to be a part of broader whole, to leave a meaningful legacy and to positively impact the lives of others. And then mastery is essentially the, the acquisition of new knowledge, skills, and, and keeping a learning curve steep, which is tremendously fulfilling. And my view is that at uh, different stages in your life, you really need to essentially wait which of those three is most important to you, um, and then optimize for that that balance, right? That kind of harmony. And so I always encourage people, you know, the first decade of your career, um, don't just optimize for money alone. I think it's more important to optimize for mastery. Um, You know, learn as much as you can. Put yourself in positions where your growth curve is tremendously steep because what it will enable you to do in the next leg of your life and career is really uh, generate more money for yourself personally and also be able to have a bigger impact. And then later stage in life, what I consistently hear from people that have at least reached a baseline of kind of comfort. Um, from the money side, as long as they're not kind of, you know, living in a position where they have to stress about money all the time, which is the reality for a lot of people though, is that mastery is kind of all that matters for those that are above that baseline, because, you know, they're thinking about how can I, you know, build a great family? How can I leave a legacy, et cetera? So, you know, that's, that's always been my kind of guiding principle on money. And, you know, fortunately, uh, I graduated from college with no debt. Um, my parents both came from, you know, pretty real poverty Uh, worked themselves out of that and said to my siblings and I, you know, you have grown up going a great public education system. You have so much more than we ever had. um, And we anticipate that you will you know, provide more for your children than we provided for you. And that said, you're going to have four years of undergraduate college education paid for, and then you'll be on your own. Uh, You'll never see more money from us. You have no trust funds, et cetera. So um, you're going to get access to a great education. And then after that, everything is on you. And so, you know, when I graduated from college, one, I didn't have debt, um, but, you know, I had been building small businesses um, basically since I was like 14, but some of those, the, the main one that I ran was a basketball camp that became the largest camp in my county. Um, and that generated like enough cash for me to, you know, go travel and backpack and all the stuff that, that I did that eventually led to Pencils of Promise. Um, but I, I, I kind of always viewed money as something that you need to be above a certain baseline. Um, to cover whatever your costs of living are. And, and that's going to increase over time. I mean, you know, you know this, Joel, my wife just gave birth to um, twins. And suddenly, you know, my cost of living has probably doubled, if not more. And, you know, I've said this to a lot of people. I mean, I think, you know, when you have family, especially young family, money needs to be a bigger priority because you need to take care of your loved ones. Um, and so, you know, I, I've always tried to, you know, be responsible about the way I spend. I, I don't spend on possessions. I spend on experiences. You know, all the science demonstrates that that's actually what leads to fulfillment and, and intrinsic value um, and joy. And at the same time, you know, I want to be somebody who's able to support great nonprofits. I mean, you, I think you also know this. I donated all proceeds from my book, uh, The Promise of the Pencil, including my full personal advance and all royalties that I've earned to Pencil Promise. So I'm, you know, a major donor to the organization now, and that's super fulfilling for me, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm not somebody who's, you know been paid like a big seven figure salary. Um, but you know, that that's something that I think in some ways would be really nice, but at, at the end of the day, it's it's not my main motivator. Um, you know, I want to be in a position where my kids don't ever have to struggle. They don't ever have to question, you know, is is mom and dad going to be okay this month. Um, but what's most important to me is is to be able to have a transformative impact on the lives of as many people as I can and also be, you know, a great father to my children. Mm
0: wise beyond your years, brother. <laughs> it, that's all. That's really awesome. Cause it, I mean, with entrepreneurs, I feel like there's this kind of journey you have to go through to understand that it's not about so much about the image and the having the flashy things and so on. Uh, it's that mature success, right? It's, it's getting that. It's like, you can get past that. Yeah. You treat yourself from time to time. That's totally fine. But really it's like, what are you here to do? Right. And I think I, like just some of us really if we experiment enough and get out there like you travel i travel a lot i've been exposed to a lot of things so now i'm very sure of what i do want and don't want in my life and i have a vision and i'm disciplined by my vision and and i you know i think getting out and trying a lot of different things go on buy the fancy car see how that feels after three six nine months mm-hmm. when the next model yeah. comes out and then if that doesn't feel right go and you know donate some money it'll be a part of uh, you know something like pencils of promise or you know, just something like that and see how it really feels. So yeah. Great advice, Adam. I love it. Appreciate love it. it. Love it. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, so Adam, how can they find out more about, uh, everything that you've got going on right now? You've shared the website address mission com. Uh, they can get pencils of uh promise of a pencil, uh book from Amazon. What else, uh, can they do to be involved with any of your projects?
1: Um, so, you know, the main things are, uh, I guess if I rifle through them all, I mean, missionu.com is, is kind of the main focus right now. Again, anybody can go on and apply. If you refer us a great student, you can each basically get 500 bucks from us. Um, and, and is uh, that a- anywhere in America? Are you open in other countries yeah. or America? Uh, it's now? just it's just the States right now. We have uh, completely open applications, though. So um, anybody can apply from anywhere. We, we probably won't be getting you a visa, um, but... Uh, I would encourage anybody that's interested to apply because at least we'll have your information. And then, you know, we do have global ambitions. And so, should we expand to, you know, your country, then at least we'll know to be able to reach out. Um, so, so, that's kind of the main focus right now. Obviously, Pencil Promise uh, is pencilpromise.org. Uh, and then, you know, one thing I'll, I'll also share is a lot of people have reached out asking me um, how they can build a nonprofit or grow a nonprofit. I realized I had all this institutional knowledge starting with $25. You know, now an organization has raised more than $40 million, 400 schools around the world. And I wanted to share it with people. So I ended up building a course that uh, anybody can go on and take. It's called nonprofitplaybook.com. So I'll just one word, nonprofitplaybook.com. If you want to build an organization or you already are working with one and want to help scale it. Um, and then, you know, I, I write and, um, you know, post uh, the different talks that I'm giving at adambraun.com. And, uh, then on social media for Instagram and Snapchat, um, my handles, it's Adam Braun, I T S Adam Braun and Twitter is just Adam Braun. Awesome stuff, guys.
0: Make sure you check it out. And Adam, we always end this interview with one last question. Uh, first of all, thanks a million for joining us today and sharing all your, your knowledge and for filling us in on mission. You well done for sure. Thank you, it, man. Yep. And we always end the interview with this last question. And the question is, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would
1: that last 30 seconds sound like? Oh, that's a tough one. My last 30 second speech to the world. Um, Love your family. Be good to your friends. uh, Use your life as an instrument of positivity and light into the world and, and ensure that, Uh, when you depart this world, you've done your part to make it better than the way in which you inherited it.